What's going on? Welcome to the show. It's the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete Callender of the Pete Callender Show, as it were. Um, and you can catch all of the latest episodes at thepetecallendershow.com, or even better, go to your favorite podcasting platform and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, that actually helps me out the most, and I get this question a lot, actually, is what is the best podcast platform to use when listening to the show? And... Um, there is no correct answer for that. Uh, it's whatever you choose. So you can uh, go find a platform if you don't have a favorite platform, you know, like iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or Deezer or iHeartRadio or Radio.com. So you have all of these different platforms, and I'm on all of them um, that I know of. If I don't know of it um, and you find one I'm not on, send me a uh, send me an email and I'll get it onto that platform as well. So you can pick whatever platform you want. I'm on them all. Um, I'm also up on Patreon. So if you would like to contribute and support the program, like Sherry and Steven and Trudy and Tavis and Steven and Taylor and Terrence and Teresa and Trent and Yuri, they have all been uh, uh, big time patrons here of the program. And I appreciate it. It allowed us to actually get the show up and off the, uh, the ground originally. I was able to get, the microphone purchased. I was able to get the uh, the board, the mixing board purchased, and um, it created some seed money for the bumper stickers, which, by the way, if you become a patron, you get bumper stickers. They're really good bumper stickers, too, if I say so myself. Um, and uh, we also were going to be doing uh, other things for patrons. You get access to the uh, to the Pete's prep sheet. We do some live stream stuff, which we'll be doing again. Um, and hopefully when the COVID madness passes, we'll be doing some events also in the future. So uh, check out the Patreon page. It's all linked up at the Pete Callender Show. Uh, ThePeteCallenderShow.com is the website. There's also the Marketplace. I forget to mention this. There's the Marketplace where if you want to advertise to our listeners or if you want to see some of the businesses and products and such that uh, listeners to the program offer and you want to keep the you know keep your uh, patronage inside this community uh, the marketplace is what we're building to help you do that so uh, that's all linked up at thepetecallendershow.com You'll also see bios that I wrote on some of the advertisers, like Mattress Man, for example. Chuck is the owner of Mattress Man Stores. There are four locations in Asheville, uh, Arden, Hendersonville. And Chuck uh, wanted to actually, Chuck tried to get on the program when I was on the radio. Chuck was trying to get uh, onto the show for months, if I remember correctly, months and months and months, but I was full. I, I had no more room for more uh, endorsements during the radio show, and uh, finally it opened up, uh, a spot opened up, and uh, he jumped on it immediately. We started him off. He was having great success, and then, of course, you know, corporate laid off like 10% of its workforce across America, and I was part of that, and so when I came over here and started doing this podcast, Chuck immediately was like, I want to be a part of this. Uh, what do I need to do? Uh let's continue with the endorsements because like Chuck likes the program, which is helpful. Uh, but he also, 
you know, he's he's one of us. He's part of our community here as well. And so he wants to be a part of this and help make it successful. We bought our bed, Christy and I, we bought our bed from Mattress Man years ago before uh, uh, they even did any advertising with us. And um, we love our bed. It's a memory foam mattress. It's a king size mattress. It's the nicest bed we've ever owned. And uh, you can get a great bed top-of-the-line beds. They've got the Biltmore Collection, for example. This is the line of beds by Restonic. Man, these things are great. Like, you don't get the Biltmore Collection name. You don't get that name (laughs) unless you're offering quality product, and that's what that mattress is. And uh, they understand also a lot of people are doing shopping from home right now, and so mattressmanstores.com, they've revamped the whole website. Uh, You can buy online from the inventory that they have in stock, and if you're local, you get free local white glove delivery. Now, they do ship all over the place, uh, and they have a 120-day comfort guarantee. So uh, head on over to mattressmanstores.com and remember to punch in the uh, the promo code, the discount code, RESTWELL. It's all one word, RESTWELL. Punch that in, RESTWELL, for an additional 20% savings site-wide at mattressmanstores.com. Experience the difference, buy local, and sleep better. Governor Roy Cooper announced an executive order yesterday afternoon and uh, there are now new rules for nursing homes in order to try and combat the spread of COVID-19. We had uh, yesterday, I I mentioned the story out of Hendersonville where there is a uh, nursing home there that has been, uh, you know, basically now put on lockdown because like they've got 60 beds, I believe it was, and it's just assumed that everybody there now has COVID-19. This is where these uh, outbreaks are occurring is a lot of these uh, assisted living or uh, retirement communities. It's spreading very quickly in some of these places. It's actually one of the things they saw out in Washington state. There were a lot of of cases, but they were isolated to certain communities like this, like retirement communities or assisted living places. And so now there's another one that's been reported in Orange County. Same number of people, about 60 people at an Orange County nursing and rehab center that have tested positive for COVID-19. Seven residents there have been hospitalized. Two have so far died. Governor Cooper announced this executive order yesterday, setting new rules for the nursing homes. Uh, He offered no indication when life can start returning to what will be the new normal. Uh, the state has identified 21 COVID-19 outbreaks in North Carolina, 18 of which are centered around these types of nursing homes, according to Health and Human Services Secretary Mandy Cohen. The governor has already issued an executive order limiting visitors to nursing homes and other long-term care facilities, but right now uh, they're going to add more rules. The Carolina Journal, in a piece by Lindsay Marcello, goes over some of this uh in a piece, again, this is all linked up at um, the Pete's prep sheet at Patreon. Uh, all staff must wear medical face masks. All must be screened daily for signs of the virus. Communal areas at the facilities must close. Residents with COVID-19 are urged to isolate in a separate part of the facility with designated staff. Uh, the facilities, this is one of the things, that, let me go back to this one, um, all must be screened daily for signs of the virus. I don't know if I have it. I'm I, I'm I'm on the fence here. I can't figure out is this allergies or is it coronavirus? For me, like <clears throat> I've got a lot of like stuffy head kind of stuff going on. I got uh, a little bit of a headache action happening, and I'm like, 
I don't know, like I just drank this cup of coffee right here, and now I feel a little warm. Is that just from the coffee? Oh my gosh, is this a low-grade fever? Do I actually have it? Have I killed somebody yet? Oh my gosh, like this is... This is the this is the most frustrating thing for me is I'd like to know do I have it or do I not? Did I get it? Did I not? Because if I got it then like I'm no I, I'm gonna, you know, self quarantine and all of this stuff. But if this is just allergies, which depending on the you know, the severity of the allergy season, sometimes it gets pretty bad for me. So <laughs> I don't you know, I I don't know what to make of it and I'm assuming I'm not the only one. Anyway, okay, so the facilities also have to, they must notify local health departments of all new or suspected cases of COVID-19. I read that and I'm like, wait a minute, why were you not doing that already? Have have you not been telling the, the, uh, not been notifying the local health departments of all new or suspected cases? Why not? Additionally, the new executive order lifts healthcare regulations to increase the number of hospital beds, medical equipment, and healthcare staffers available to combat the outbreak. Ambulatory surgical facilities will be allowed to operate as temporary hospitals. Childcare rules will also be streamlined to better care for children of essential workers. Since the lockdown, more than 450,000 North Carolinians have filed claims for unemployment insurance. And looking at some of the uh, some of the survey results on uh, uh, from people that were asked about their experience with North Carolina's unemployment insurance uh, or un- uh, the Department of Employment Security, whatever the DES, uh, is not good. Okay, it's not good. People's interaction with the unemployment office in this state has been atrocious. And I understand. I totally get it. I understand this is an overwhelming situation for uh, for that office. I get it. Um, but when you've got only like, it was like fewer than one out of five people saying that they were actually able to, to get the benefits, like this is not, this is not good. Um, and I do wonder who's going to take the fall for that. It is interesting how little blame is being directed. And look, I'm not blaming anybody right now. Like I'm not, I'm not attacking various elected leaders because I recognize that we are in a crisis. I do note, however, the lack of attacks that are being lobbed in this state. Well, I take that back. There were all sorts of attacks being lobbed against the uh, Republican legislature. Those are still continuing. I've noticed. For real, like you go onto social media and the lefties and and uh, and this is like these are like actual lefty thought leaders in this state. And I'm using air quotes around the thought leader uh, term. But these are people who are still uh, ripping into Republican lawmakers. They're making arguments about Medicaid expansion. They're talking about, uh, you know, the austerity budget and the surpluses that the Republicans have been hoarding. I mean, Ignoring the fact that we're going to now use all of this money in the rainy day fund and the unemployment uh, uh, security fund that we're going to use all of this money, right, in order to uh, to provide relief to people. But yeah, so those attacks, they've continued. But I've noticed there are not a lot of attacks getting thrown towards Governor Roy Cooper, and I'm not advocating that we do so. I'm just noting not a lot of attacks headed his direction. In all of this, I'm not going to do it at this point uh, because it's not going to be helpful. But there are definitely things that I could. 
that I could raise as points of attack if I was so inclined. But I am not, so I am moving on. Uh, The governor also is expected today to put in more social distancing requirements on retailers, limiting the uh, number of customers in the store at any given time, uh, maybe even telling uh, grocery stores to install glass partitions at registers, also implementing one-way aisles in the grocery store, which, by the way, um, that should just be a permanent change. That should just, yeah. From now on, one-way aisles in all the grocery stores. I think this is, if if we have one good thing that comes out of this pandemic, let it be that. Let it be the new normal that from now on, all of our grocery store aisles are going to be one way. I like it. I like this idea. Because so many times you have people coming in the opposite direction and then their cart crosses sort of the center lane and now they're just sitting there or they're starting to turn around and they're doing just all it just eliminates a lot of the confusion if you always have just arrows on the ground painted you know this is the one-way direction and like for example Ingalls they've broken up a lot of their you know their aisles they've split them now in half so like the old school way was like this really long, you know, uh, uh, aisle of food. And once you went down that aisle, you had to go all the way down or you'd have to turn around and go back out. Um, but what Ingalls has done is they've started breaking up the aisles now. So you can like kind of bail out halfway through. It's fantastic. I love it. Still one way aisles. I'm totally on board, Governor. Um, meanwhile, there has been an unprecedented number of unemployment claims filed in this state, according to the Division of Employment Security. I mentioned this number earlier. It's about 450,000 of these claims. At least 388,000 were directly related to COVID and the shutdown. Larry Parker is the government and public relations manager for the Division of Employment Security, and he told the North State Journal that this number is likely even higher, though, because in the early days, of this period, they did not provide the category of COVID-19 related. They didn't provide that as an option for anybody who was filing an unemployment claim. So the fact that you've got 455,000 claims, 388,000 of them are related to COVID, but it's probably more than that. I would dare say it's probably, oh, you know, of the 445, I would venture to guess probably 442, roughly 443, somewhere in that neighborhood. That's COVID-related. Unprecedented is the word he used for it, and he's exactly right. Even during the recession of a decade ago, it took he says it took us a month to reach 100,000 claims. One month to reach 100,000. And for us to hit 400,000 in a couple weeks? Unprecedented. It's This is economic devastation. And there were so many people, and I understand why, and this is, what's interesting about this is because we have a, a Democrat governor and a Republican president, it seems like everybody's a little bit hesitant to go after somebody on some of this stuff because they're afraid that the arguments they're going to lob against Trump could be used against their guy in the governor's mansion and vice versa. Um, but there are real economic costs here, folks. And I know everybody, even when everyone's focused on, you know, the models and stay at home, stay safe, and we can't let anybody die from this, and I get all of that, but there is, there seems, at least to me, there seems to be this desire to sort of bury heads in sand and ignore 
the economic devastation that is unfolding right before our eyes. Like, this is stuff that you don't ever, as a society maybe, but definitely as a family, uh, as a business, you don't ever get out of. You, you can't you can't wipe out an entire family's uh, accumulation of wealth over decades. You can't wipe that out and then say, oh, well, it'll all bounce back. Maybe the economy bounces back, but those savings accounts aren't bouncing back. That's not happening. You, know, you have a retirement savings account that you now have drained because your small business has been shuttered. You, you don't get that back, right? There's, there, there seems to be just a dismissiveness or an ignoring of these very real facts about what's occurring in real time based on the actions of our government. One of the things also that's been uh, talked about, I'm going to get to this because in uh, Buncombe County, we have uh, um, an update to our stay-at-home order, and it's a bit stricter than the state's. Uh, and they talk about, in, in the order, they, they talk about some of the uh, religious services. And I was talking with Christy about this last night. And this, I have seen this argument. I'm not necessarily making it, and nor am I uh, defending it. But I understand from where it comes this idea that you're telling churches that they can't congregate and they can't minister and they can't fellowship, right? They can't do these things. And I'm just kind of curious, like, I've heard all of the stories over the course of my life about the centuries of of work that Christians did in leper colonies, right? Like, going into these areas where people were sick and afflicted, and that's precisely where the word of God needs to go. And yet GovCo comes along and says, hey, everybody shut down, no celebrating Easter. And everybody's like, oh, okay. All the churches are just like, okay, yeah, no problem. I, I Like, I, I, I see that juxtaposition, shall we say. Again, I'm not advocating that they all reopen and get everybody infected. I'm just noting that it's a, it's quite a departure from some of the history of the church. Don't you think? Three economics professors writing for the personal finance site wallethub.com back on April 2nd said that based on the U.S. Department of Labor data, North Carolina has had the second highest rate of unemployment increase in the nation with a more than 6,000% jump since the end of 2019. Only Louisiana has fared worse. Prior to the week of March 16th, we were averaging about 3,000 per week, said Parker. Again, he's the head of the Division of Employment Security in North Carolina. He said, you can see that in one day, on a Sunday last week, we had over 16,000. So before all of the shutdown happened, 3,000 claims a week. After the shutdown, 16,000 a day. That's more than five times what we typically do in a week. We do it in a day. The volume of contact with the state's Division of Employment uh, Security, the DES, the volume has been so high, both online and by phone, that they've had to upgrade their service and they've had to add more call center workers. Essentially, as the North State Journal um, calls it or describes it, the rush of phone calls from people out of work from the shutdown are being answered by others out of work from the shutdown. Ray Starling, the general counsel for the North Carolina Chamber of Commerce, he told state lawmakers the other day that one in four businesses have already shut down. And among those who haven't shut down, 
40% of them say they're probably going to shut down this week or next week. That's the status. That's where we are. And I understand that at some point when everybody emerges from their hovels and rubs their eyes and sees the sun and, oh, look at this, we're, you know, we've made it past, <clears throat> we've made it past the, 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 the curve, the spike in the curve. Look at us. We'll, we'll bounce back now. We'll, you know, now the economy will come roaring back. Will it? How are you so sure about that? I'm not so sure about that. Why would it? Like, you're going to have a lot of pent-up demand. Yeah, but there aren't going to be a lot of businesses left. They're out of business. They have no more wealth. They have no more capital. That was taken from them. North Carolina state lawmakers have drafted three bills that could offer more relief for businesses in the state, though. Members of the House Select Committee on COVID-19 Economic Support Working Group this week discussed the proposal that would assist workers and businesses affected by the health crisis. One proposal codifies the unemployment benefit guidelines issued by Roy Cooper in his March 17th executive order that allows workers basically have lost their jobs or had, you know, loss of hours. Uh, they can receive emergency unemployment benefits. Cooper's order also removes the one-week waiting period and job-seeking requirements, and it exempts employers from paying for COVID-19-related claims. So it won't hurt the employers, which it shouldn't. It shouldn't. The, the, the way the program is set up, and for folks who aren't aware, like the way this is set up is that it's supposed to penalize employers who have high turnover. You end up having to pay more into this uh, unemployment fund if you're a bad employer and you keep getting uh, a, a, you know, people in and out the door and you can't keep your employees, you keep firing them and stuff. So um, this should not count towards the unemployment rates uh, that are charged to these employers. This is not their fault. These businesses are not choosing uh, to fire a bunch of people. That's, this is not their choice. And it's, and it's no fault of the people who have gotten fired either because of this or furloughed. New provisions in the proposal, this is according to the Washington Examiner, um, this would allow employers to file a claim on behalf of certain employees every two weeks and grant employers a full credit against unemployment tax for the first quarter. The proposal would also apply to filings since March 12th. It'll take effect in, um, until Cooper rescinds the executive order. That's the first proposal. Then there's a second one that would permanently reduce job-seeking requirements to one employer per week instead of the three now required by state law. So you got, but that's one of the other things. You have to show that you're looking for work. Well, how do you do that right now? How do you show that you're looking for work right now? You're going to go on interviews, right? Hey, excuse me, I'd like very much to apply for a job. Uh, can I come in? No, you may not come into my business, <laughs> right? How do you, <laughs> how are you doing job interviews and stuff, I guess, via Zoom and such? And then what, you get hired? To do what? I don't know what, to conduct Zoom meetings or something? Like, this is the difficulty. You have, And the last number I saw was somewhere north of 75% of all restaurant and hotel workers have been laid off in this state. What, what, what exactly, how are you going to apply for jobs as a restaurant server or something or a hotel worker? Where are you going to get work? The third proposal discussed uh, this week would waive the interest rate on corporate and individual income and franchise tax returns um, for the 2019 tax year because of the filing extension. Uh, for folks who may not be aware of this, 
And I have to uh, kind of remind uh, or be reminded uh, that just because I'm aware of something doesn't mean a lot of other people are aware of it. <laughs> uh, Christy came in and asked me about this because we still have not filed our taxes and uh, they've done extensions to the filing deadline. But if you owe money, you're still going to have to pay the interest on what you owe. So you get to delay the filing. Yay, look at us delaying the filing. Oh, but you owe $1,000 in taxes. And so we're going to start charging you interest on what you would have had to have paid April 15th. You should have paid April 15th. And then you end up paying by the new deadline is like in July, I think July 15th. So let's say you wait all the way till July and then file your taxes. But you should have you should have paid the IRS the thousand dollars back in April. They're going to ding you for the interest rates for April, May, June, and July. So three or four months of interest payments that you weren't making, uh, or that they didn't they they didn't collect because you didn't pay them back in April. It's it's garbage. So what's the point of the extension of the deadline? Really, like why even bother, guys? Screw you. Thanks for nothing. So the state is at least saying we'll we'll waive the interest, uh, the interest fees on um, uh, on any amount you owe to the state if you file late. But if the feds don't do it, why am I going to file one versus the other? So I'll just do both. And uh, yeah, because I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay GovCo interest. I'm not going to pay their interest rate <laughs> for the privilege of filing late. <laughs> I refuse. Um, so there's that. Up next, I'm going to get into the Buncombe County Stay at Home, Stay Safe, superseding declaration. This is the uh, the new uh, orders that have come down from the county, uh, more restrictive than what the state has. First, ask yourself, were you really prepared for all of this? I mean, you can only be so prepared, obviously. Most people don't see this stuff coming, I guess, unless you're, you know, Senator Richard Burr with a stock deal to be done. That's, you know... I'm sorry. All right. So uh, are you but are you are, are you prepared for it? This has really been a good opportunity for people to to see exactly how prepared they are, uh, what and what they wish they had prepared and what they actually don't need now. Stuff like that. Um, you know, who can help you with all of this is Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus. I'm going to give you his uh, text number and you can send him a text and get some advice on stuff. Very helpful. This is what he spent most of his time in the weeks running up to the shutdown here when COVID was now starting to spread all over the place. And there was all this talk about, uh, you know, what's going to happen, shelter in place, curfews, all this stuff. And, you know, Tim gave me some advice and uh, he said he spent about 80% of his time giving advice to people. So here, if you need some advice, call him or sorry, text him, no calls, text him at 565 565- 2497. That's 828-565-2497. You can also text him to make an order. So you can go to his website, oldgrouch.com. You can order via his website. Uh, If you have questions about an item that you see there or you want to get an item, you're looking for something, send him a text at 565-2497. EMS and law enforcement professionals, you guys now uh, have to have more uniforms, as I understand it, because of all of these rules and regulations. Uh, if you are looking for uniforms, you can make an appointment with him and he can uh, he can get you some. 565-2497, text messages only, please, uh, because he's just one guy here manning the fort. Uh, Old Grouch's Military Surplus, uh, located in downtown Clyde, but the shop is closed. So go to oldgrouch.com, use the promo code PETE, get 10% off, uh, or send and send t- uh, Tim a text 
with your questions about orders or uh, advice on preparedness, 565-2497. That's an 828 area code, of course. All right, so Buncombe County has now issued uh, an extension to its stay home, stay safe declaration. All right, this is uh, going to last now, let's see here, um, forever. Well, all right, it doesn't say forever. It says indefinitely. Okay, it says indefinitely. But some of the rules are going to be loosened, so we've got that going for us. The declaration that we're under, or sorry, we were under, it expired this morning. This is Thursday, April 9th. It expired this morning, and now we have a new superseding declaration. That's going into effect, or is in effect now. It is. Uh, it has extended the previous orders indefinitely, but some restrictions have been lifted. So, let me go over some of the details of this for all of our Buncomians. COVID-19 is a more contagious, uh, is more contagious rather, they say, and spreads... Sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. My apologies. I'm not saying that I disbelieve this, okay? This is what they're saying in their FAQ, Q&A. I'm sorry, what do they call this thing there? Interpretive guidance. The interpretive guidance lasts like 17 pages, by the way. The order itself was only 15. Like when, okay, you're doing it wrong if your interpretive guidance takes longer to explain than the order itself, right? <laughs> okay, so... um. Why this? Why do we need the order? COVID-19 is more contagious and spreads faster than the flu and spreads from person to person. We also know that COVID-19 is currently spreading in our community. We don't have a vaccine, so we have to change the behavior of our entire community to act as a social vaccine. And you could do that basically in two ways. Don't get infected and don't infect everybody else. Simple. We do this by washing our hands, coughing and sneezing into our elbows, cleaning high contact surfaces more often, staying home when we're sick, and especially by keeping our distance and avoiding close contact with people outside our household. This idea of staying at least six feet away from others, to the best of our ability, is called social distancing, which, by the way, it's undergoing a name change. Social distancing is now so last week. It's now going to be called physical distancing. I don't know why. I don't physical distancing is <laughs> I, I'm starting to see the language morph. Now people are calling it physical distancing and not social distancing. Whatever. I don't care. It is a specific strategy proven by data to slow the spread of contagious diseases like COVID-19. And right now it's the best tool we have. So what can we do and what should we not do? So if you are a Buncombe County resident, here is what you can do. These are your enumerated powers, as they were. You can go to the grocery store and convenience stores. You can fill your car with gas. You can go to work for a business or organization that is defined as essential. You can go to the pharmacy to pick up meds and healthcare necessities. You can visit a healthcare facility for medical services that cannot be provided virtually. Although you should call first. You can go to a restaurant for takeout, delivery, or drive through service only. You can care for or support a friend, a family member, or a pet. You can take a walk, ride your bike, hike, jog, fish, as long as physical distancing and mass gathering orders are followed and you adhere to all park closure guidelines. You can walk your pets. You can take your pets to the vet. 
you can help others get necessary supplies, and you can receive deliveries from any business that delivers. You should not go out at all if you are sick. You should not go to work unless you're providing one of those essential services, as defined by the order. You should not visit friends and family if there is no specific urgent need. And you should not be closer than six feet from others if you are out in public. You should not visit loved ones in a hospital, in a nursing home, in skilled nursing facilities, or other residential care facilities, except for limited exceptions as provided by that specific facility. You should not travel, except for essential travel and activities. You should uh, not organize in-person group activities like group hikes, exercise classes, parties, or yard sales. And yard sales. I hadn't even thought about yard sales. What What is the yard sale and community doing on all of this? Just accumulating more and more stuff, not being able to sell it? And you should not engage in door-to-door solicitation. <laughs> uh, would you even answer the door? Would you answer the door? <laughs> You see somebody out there selling something? Uh, Why are you at my door? Go away, (laughs) COVID carrier. Um, In general, these are the activities that are considered to be essential. And you can find further details in the order itself, which, by the way, I've got linked up at uh, the Patreon account. Health and safety purposes. So this is essential. These are essential activities. Health and safety purposes. To get necessary supplies and services. Outdoor activities, as long as you follow the distancing and mass gathering guidance. Work for essential businesses, operations, and organizations. If you're taking care of somebody else, if you're receiving essential goods and services, or if you are volunteering. So volunteering gets you out of the house. See that? Here's another question. Should I be wearing a mask or face covering? Now, The recommendation that uh, we not cover our faces with all of the face masks and such, that is also so last week, okay? That guidance that we didn't need to do the mask wearing all the time, that was so last week. Nowadays, um, now it's, yes, we should be wearing masks. There is now evidence, apparently it just came to light within the last, like, 72 hours or so. There is now evidence that people can be spreading COVID-19 to others without ever feeling sick or unhealthy themselves. Based on this finding... The CDC now recommends that we, the general public, wear cloth face coverings in public settings while also keeping a six-foot distance from others if possible. And then there's some instructions on how to make face coverings. Um, And I've got some friends who are actually making some of these face coverings. And uh, if you are doing some of this and you want to donate them or sell them, whatever, let me know and um, I can push them out uh, via the the Facebook group or... um, on the marketplace, if you want to sell them, depending on your, you know, your skill level, um, or if you, you know, you just want to advertise, just uh, let people know where they can get these things. Uh, send me an email, and I'll put them up on the marketplace. Um, now, I will say <clears throat> that Christy and I do have masks. We have a whole bunch of bandanas. Just as luck would have it, I was really preparing for this moment all my life, and I wasn't aware of it. Uh, all the years that I uh, had a house and I was doing yard work, I always wore bandanas. Uh, because it was really hot down in Charlotte, you know, really, really hot, like 
uh, what, nine months out of the year. And so I was always wearing bandanas and I would change them out when I was mowing the yard, I was doing yard work and stuff. So I have probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 bandanas. So I'm set on the bandana face coverings, although I'm trying to figure out a way to (laughs) not make it look like I'm an old West bank robber when I go out. (laughs) But, uh, uh, we also, we also got a couple of masks from, um, from old Grouch's military surplus before all of this happened. He had gotten uh, a shipment in when I went to visit Tim at old Grouch's. And, uh, and so I picked up a pair of masks with the, the little canister things that go on the sides, the air filters and stuff. But now I'm like, now I'm like, I don't want to wear this in public because people are going to accuse me of like keeping it from the medical personnel. Like, how dare you wear that nice mask because some doctor or nurse someplace actually needs that mask and you probably stole it from their stockpile or you prevented them from getting it and all this. So I think I'm just going to wait a little while before I wear it out in public because I don't want to have to deal with the public shaming that might occur. (laughs) Um, Cloth face coverings. They shouldn't, because listen, this is what Buncombe County says. These should not be surgical masks or N5 respirators, or sorry, N95 respirators. We want to save these critical medical supplies for healthcare personnel and other medical first responders uh, who are caring for people with COVID-19. Part of the thing also is, so why are we wearing these masks? Number one, it's not really to prevent the stuff from getting to you. It's prevent. It's to prevent you from spitting on other people when you talk. Like that's that's my assessment of all of this. It sounds like what we're really doing is trying to stop people from spitting on each other as you talk, because you can't help it when you're talking. You're you know you're exhaling little droplets of of saliva and stuff from your lungs. It's all just coming out. You know, like just say hi. How are you? Like, that's all coming. Okay, so I don't want to get too graphic about all this, but I think that's really what's going on here. What's about the six feet, too? Why six feet? Well, six feet, apparently, that's how far the spit flies when you're talking to somebody. So don't get closer than six feet so the spit can't hit them. But if you're wearing a face mask, you're wearing a bandana over your face, the chances are really improved that you're not going to be spitting on them when you talk, right? So there's that. The other component here is that it keeps us from touching our face, <laughs> wearing the mask is going to prevent you from, you know, all, you know, picking the nose, uh, rubbing your eyes. Although I guess your eyes, maybe you have to start wearing goggles now too, but it's going to, it's going to cut down on that, uh, on that transmission point of, uh, fingers to face contact, fingers to nose, fingers to mouth. So it's going to cut down on a lot of that as well. So that's, that's why it's like, okay, fine. Wear the masks, everybody now, you know, like so there's a market there's a there's there's a market that could be served a lot of people i'm seeing starting to do masks now imagine how far ahead of this curve we would be if the cdc had said hey you know what maybe everybody should start wearing masks like maybe they had said that i don't know three or four weeks ago hmm one can wonder Regardless of the new recommendation to wear a face covering in public, the number one thing we can all do is keep ourselves and the people we live with from having close physical contact with other people that we don't live with. Keeping that six feet of physical distance from others is critically important to slowing the spread of the virus, and we all need to continue to reduce any non-essential trips out into the community. Is there a curfew, they ask? No, there is not. No curfew. What is considered essential travel? Here you go. 
any travel related to the provision of or access to essential activities or essential governmental functions or essential businesses and operations or minimum basic operations. Okay, so if you are listed under the order as essential, you probably know it by now. What else can you do to travel? You can care for elderly, minor, dependent persons with disabilities or other vulnerable persons. You can travel to engage in outdoor activities as long as you do the physical distancing. You can go to religious institutions for drive-in worship services. You can go to or fro uh, education institutions to get materials for distance learning or to get meals. You can return to a place of residence from outside of Buncombe County. You can... um, Travel as required by law enforcement or court order, including to transport children pursuant to a custody agreement. This has been a big problem. This has been a big problem. People who have uh, who are in the middle of custody battles and they have to take their kids, you know, from one parent to the other and they got to hand them off and stuff is become very convenient for people to say, well, I don't want to spread the coronavirus, so I'm just not going to give daddy his uh, his weekend. That kind of thing. So travel required by court order, including to transport children pursuant to a custody agreement that is allowed. Travel required for non-residents to return to their place of residence outside of the county. Um, they say, can you go outside to exercise? Yes, you can. Is moving an essential function? That's a good question. Is moving an essential function? Yes, it is. Unless you haven't scheduled it. Look, if you haven't scheduled it, they say don't. But if you've already scheduled it, then yes, moving is essential. And then there was this point. Drive-in worship services. Religious entities may conduct drive-in or parking lot services. However, the leaders of these services are responsible for ensuring that the congregants stay inside their vehicles for the duration of the time spent on the premises and observe the following guidance have only individuals from a single household in each vehicle. So no carpooling, no use of the church vans, no buses. Kids can't go car to car. None of that. Okay. You show up, you sit in your car and uh, you get the word of God and then you leave. Okay. That's it. Vehicles should be parked six feet or more from each other. (laughs) Vehicles don't even park six feet or more from each other. In, in marked spaces at my apartment building. <laughs> so now what, we're going to start closing every other parking space and parking lots or something? Oh my gosh, think about the requirements now for all zoning going forward. You're going to have to have like massive fat parking spaces all over the place. Oh. Do not pass anything between vehicles, they say. So no communion, no offering plates, no money, no notes, nothing. No physical contact. That includes handshakes, hugs, or kissing. So no peace be with you, neighbors. None of that. None of that handshake and peace be with you stuff. All right. We understand this may sound extreme, they say, and cause drastic departures from traditional ceremony. We ask everybody to keep the bigger picture in mind and remember that we are doing this to protect our community against the possibly devastating impacts of COVID-19. Weddings and funerals may occur, but they are going to be limited to 10 people in attendance. That includes the officiant and staff. For now, it is recommended that these events be limited to immediate family only and larger celebrations of marriage or celebrations of life can be postponed until Buncombe County guidance on mass gatherings changes. I actually know 
um, a friend of mine, his wife passed away uh, yesterday. And what a terrible time, obviously any time for this, but what a terrible time. Because now you're only allowed to have 10 people come and, and comfort you in your grief. And they ask that you limit it uh, to family members only. Do they all live in one house? Auto sales. Automobile sales and services uh, now defined as essential in Buncombe County. However, you got to comply with the public health guidance on the physical distancing and the sanitation practices. So motor vehicle sales uh, will be, uh, and you have to do this, uh, conducted by appointment, no more than 10 people at any one time in the showroom. That includes customers and employees. Uh, you got to have hand sanitizer readily available everywhere. No test drives permitted unless expressly requested by the buyer. And only if you do these following things. You got to completely sanitize the vehicle. You can't be in the vehicle with the person during the test drive. <laughs> this is like a car thief's uh, dream. Customers have to wear gloves that are provided by the dealership while driving the car. Uh, seat mats to be used for the test drive. And uh, if you take the car on the test drive and then you decide not to buy it, the dealership cannot let anybody else take that car for a test drive for 72 hours. Hotels, motels, short-term rentals, bed and breakfasts, um, anything less than 30 days, homestays, campgrounds, uh, they are being instructed to cancel currently scheduled leisure travel reservations and refrain from scheduling future leisure and other non-essential travel reservations. Buncombe County residents, um, you can stay in lodging. So if you live in Buncombe County and you want to go check out that B and B that you've never gone to, this is you'll be able to get a you'll be able to get a room, and you're apparently allowed to do that for some reason. Buncombe County residents or any employee who works for a business or organization defined as essential may stay in any lodging. The operator has to document the essential occupation and nature of uh, business of any new resident making reservations from outside the county. In addition, if you come to Buncombe County from someplace outside of Buncombe County or outside the state and you are not traveling on essential business, you have to self-quarantine for 14 days upon arrival. That means no trips to the grocery store or other essential retail. So if you wanted to book that week at the B&B, &B, you're going to have to spend 14 days in quarantine first at the B&B. &B. <laughs> Realtors. The order relaxes previous Buncombe County restrictions and allows for full real estate services on the condition that they are complying with CDC guidance and Buncombe County public health orders regarding physical distancing and hygiene and sanitation practices. Which actually, this makes sense because I've been talking about Rowena Patton and how she's been doing these video house tours uh, since 2007. And honestly, the real estate industry, like, they're able to do a lot of this stuff now online, virtual walking tours that Rowena does. She's been doing them for so long um, and does a really great job with them. It's one of the reasons why she gets houses sold fast uh, and for more money. These types of marketing um, uh, 
tactics that she employs in the real estate industry, they work. They work very, very well. Um, but she understands like a, this has all impacted us and maybe you were thinking about selling or buying and now you've put it on hold. Um, that's fine. She'll work with you when you're ready at some point in the future when, you know, when we reemerge from all of this and you're now going to make that decision. She'll be happy to talk with you without any pressure. Um, but this way you'll know what you're ready, uh, what to do when you're ready to act, you know, when the time is right for you. So you just start out with a video consult with Rowena Patton. Give her a call at 333-4483. That's 333-4483. Mountainhomehunt.com is the website mountainhomehunt.com, the only agent that I would call if I'm buying or selling or need some advice on buying or selling in these COVID times, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. Another one of the essential services, legal services, as well as, this was interesting, businesses with multiple departments. Do you remember the story I was talking about with Chad Adams the other day where uh, this furniture store in Wilmington, uh, they got a citation because they're selling furniture, but they, which there are certain pieces of furniture that are essential (laughs) that are considered to be essential services or, or uh, furniture or items. Right. And so, uh, but couches are not couches are not essential uh, furnishings, which I don't know why, like if everybody's doing zoom stuff, Right, and we're all supposed to be telecommuting, and we're all supposed to be uh, uh, physical social distancing and such. Uh, doesn't having a good uh, seat kind of help in that endeavor? It seems to me like it would. So <laughs> why is that off limits? Anyway, this I think it was Rose Brothers Furniture in Wilmington. They got cited because they would not rope off, or had not had time, or didn't. They did not rope off the sofa section. (laughs) So the cops came in like, first off who calls the cops on somebody for that? Right. Yeah. Probably their competitor, but seriously, like who, who checks them out and says, Hey, well, Oh, look at that. They're not, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look at that. They got their couches just able to be sat in just by COVID patients, just coming in and infecting the fabric. So like they got busted, they got a citation. And so now some businesses here in Buncombe County, you may have a combination of lines of operations or departments that are essential and non-essential. These businesses in Buncombe County can operate, but should close or extremely limit the non-essential parts of the business. So for example, a craft store, <coughs> Hobby Lobby, <coughs> can sell office supplies and mask making supplies, but should not have their picture framing desk in operation. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> For real. So, <laughs> come on. So, you're going to go into Michael's and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to, uh, while I'm in here, um, hey, while I'm getting all of these mask making supplies and I need some office supplies because, you know, I'm working from home and that's essential. Uh, oh, hey, look. I've always been meaning to frame my diploma. And look, they got this framing desk. Oh, oh no. There's a piece of yellow caution tape across it. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to conduct that commerce. But I can conduct this commerce over here because it's essential. (laughs) Do you think the economy is essential to the economy? I'm just asking. Additionally, some businesses focus on a specific type of product, but have a very limited offering of an item that an essential business sells. This does not make them an essential business. For example, I love their examples, a retail store that primarily sells home decorations. 
<coughs> Michaels cannot be considered essential just because they offer a few books or you can purchase snacks on site. Or maybe this would be Ikea, right? Because Ikea down in Charlotte has a cafeteria. They have a whole cafeteria at this Ikea store in Charlotte. It's, well, I was about to say, you should really go check them out, but they're probably closed. Um, so Ikea has a, a, a big cafeteria. That does not make them essential. Okay, so just because you may sell one or two essential items doesn't mean you become an essential business. Uh, Then they say, can you get arrested for violating this order? I will give you the short answer. It is yes. Okay, the short answer is yes. If voluntary cooperation is not achieved, Buncombe County law enforcement is equipped to enforce these restrictions through citations or misdemeanor charges. And that is a class two misdemeanor. Does this order apply to the homeless? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. So you don't have to self-isolate, socially distance, physical distance, none of it. If you're homeless, you just live free, man. You're totally fine. Homeless are exempt from this restriction, but are urged to, to find shelter. And then when you find shelter, that's when we nail you for violating <laughs> any of the orders. Buncombe County and its many partners and local nonprofits are hard at work to ensure safe opportunities and secure resources for those experiencing homelessness. By the way, that's the new language. You're not um, uh, those experiencing homelessness. It's like the the change that occurred. Did you know that you're not supposed to refer to people with epilepsy as epileptic any any longer? Um, Or uh, I believe autistic is also one of these uh, vocabulary changes that has occurred where you don't you don't call somebody epileptic or autistic. You say a person with epilepsy or a person with autism. And so I think this is now the shift that's occurred with the homeless. It's you don't call them homeless. You call them those experiencing homelessness. I believe George Carlin had some thoughts on this general topic. Which, if you've got some free time in today's COVID culture, go check out some of the old George Carlin uh, stand-up routines on the languages. Fascinating stuff. Very predictive in nature. Thanks for the support of the program. You can go uh, and uh, download all of the podcasts. Subscribe on your favorite platform, thepetecalendarshow.com. Talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>